And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, the man that still has Washington in his top five, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good sir. You just had to bring that up. You just had to bring that up off the top. Look, we're going to get into it. We're going to get I can't into believe, it. I can't believe that you, of all people, a team that doesn't score an offensive touchdown, you don't move them at all. Look, I thought about it, and I will provide my explanation later. I have to give them credit for having one of the best, if not the best, win of the season. But and also, it's look, not in it's, it's not even in the top four. They them beating Oregon. Yeah, it's not in the top four in my they, opinion. Who would you put over them? Florida, I put Ohio State over Notre Dame or Ohio State over Penn State. Pick one. Okay, that's fine. Florida State over LSU. Okay, because I still think okay. Oregon can have – look, Oregon went to Texas Tech and almost choked. Um, I said Texas over Alabama, and then Alabama – I don't know, maybe – Oklahoma maybe, over Texas. I, Oklahoma the ones I will over consider. Texas – the ones I'll concede are Oklahoma over actually Oklahoma, Texas, Texas over Alabama because it's they I kind think of Oregon. The thing is though is I think that Oregon is better than most of those teams. Oregon's not better than Texas. I think that they are. Oregon then why has, didn't you put them above them in your rankings? Did I not? No. <laughs> wait, no, I'm pretty sure that I did. Wait, 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 wait. Well, just pull wait. it up. You can pull it up right now. Okay. You just pull it up. Oh, I'm working ahead of Texas. I told yeah, I knew it. You're trying one. to pump fake me. You're trying By to pump one. fake me over here. Yes, Benjamin. Okay, thank you. Love you. Ben wants to know if he can come in here and ask you a question. Yes, of course, of course. I'm surprised we've made it this long into the season without Ben we are joining live the show. He used to join the show every single time we used to do this on Saturdays. Come here. He was the best guest picker that we had on Saturdays. Who did? All right, I don't say that, okay? We'll talk about that later. All right. Well, you gotta ask Mr. Joe. <laughs> no, look. If you're here, you better say something. Say hi to Mr. Joe. All right. Uh, All right. We Light's do. Got <laughs> Light's got too bright. <laughs> well, so I, he just said it. So I, I don't know if any. My wife's family got in oh, a car accident wow. today, and he was coming in here to tell me. He goes, Daddy, wow. I just wanted to let you know. So. That's anyway. <laughs> anyway. We do got a lot we have to discuss. Joe, the largest cocktail party is this weekend. Florida and Georgia. Ah. Is that what they call it? Is that like a thing that they call Florida, Georgia, the largest cocktail party? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, um, it's called the largest cocktail party. Why? Is it just because it's supposed to be a, a bloodbath? Because Georgia's just going to go out there I and I don't know. Google's your friend. I have no idea why they call it that. I'm just going to be honest. No idea. But well, here's what I do know. That might be a little bit closer of a game than people expect. I'm curious to preview that one. I think that that's going to be a really fun discussion to have. There is an argument to be had for Florida making it close, but I think the way that 
that Kentucky that game went is a little bit more of an accurate precursor for how this Florida Georgia. Well, it's will funny you say out. that because <clears throat> the SEC is 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 funny like that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm old enough to remember when Texas A&M held Alabama to under 50 rushing yards, and the following week Tennessee put over 230 on them. So. We'll see. Teams are allowed to get better. I do think that game could be early or close early. Mm -hmm. The absence of Brock Bowers, but I do agree. I think Georgia's about to roll. I think they're pissed off. Um, well, the the biggest thing here, and I'm going to bring this up when we do that preview, but to catch Georgia when they're surging, you, that is the worst time to hit it. That Kentucky game was the start of their wake up. Their preseason was all the games leading up to the Kentucky game, and they're about to hit their stride. You, you don't want to be caught in the crossfire of that. Now I'm having to field questions because family members watch this show. Uh, ne nevertheless, um, I I do agree with you somewhat. I do think Georgia's sur uh, surging. Here's another thing. We've talked about this, and we have not been able to able to talk about him because Georgia hasn't had a lot of high-profile games. Carson Beck, man, Carson Beck's having a really good year, okay, yep. considering a lot of heat that he took early. Why he was taking heat, I, I don't know. Graham Mertz is uh, actually, Joe, We're gonna. I'm going to talk about this when we preview it. I'm going to make you pick which quarterback is which, and I don't know if you're going to oh, know. Oh, no. I hate when you do this to me. I hate when you set me up with, a, with, with stats that just – because I don't – the numbers always don't fully tell the story, which is why I don't always love doing that. But it's it's a fun, you know, it's a fun game to play because we talk highly of one guy and we talk pretty negatively of the other. There's a reason for that, but I'm sure that their numbers are and pretty If you similar. go by the blind stats, you would probably not pick the one that you're thinking. Also, yeah, Utah and Oregon teed up uh this well, game weekend. Day. Oregon coming off, I mean, Utah coming off a big win. Mm -hmm. And beating USC and Oregon, I mean, kind of getting back to their winning ways. A lot of teams still think that they're really good. I think Oregon, I think Oregon's going to continue to roll here. I still am not a believer of Utah. I'm not going to, I'm going to continue to not be a believer of Utah. The thing that scares the hell out of me is the fact that this game is at Utah. If this was at Oregon, the conversation would be completely different. But even whenever Utah is in a situation where they're likely not go, they're not favored, they're likely not going to win, them being able to host a game is this strange abyss that teams don't know how to get in and out of. And when Utah is competitive, even with all their injuries and whatnot, they still find a way to, to drag teams down to their level when they're playing at home. So that's why I have a little bit of pause. Oregon, I mean, Utah's still very bad defensively. I am not, I mean, offensively. I yeah. am not taking anything away from the from that USC for them offensively. Just not, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's fair. It's fair. It's a fair thing to and do. And we'll talk about it in our top 10 because you have Utah in your top 10, which I absolutely loathe. Damn right I do. Damn right I do. Because you know what? If we're going to prop up a team – that has a bad offense and a really good defense. I'd rather do it with the one do it with the one that has the better resume. I'm talking about Utah and Alabama. They one, don't. One has a they better. Don't. 
they've got multiple wins over top 25 teams. Their only losses to a top 25 team. So is Bama. Alabama. Alabama's losses to a top 16. This is all Five, this seven. all this all comes down to us having a disagreement and a lack of a connection here on how we value Tennessee. Well, you know Ole Miss. what? As of today, since Aaron Nola is pitching for your Phillies and he's dominating so far, I think you're well, just gonna losing. have to... <sighs> true. But I do think you're gonna have to concede because if we gave we gift wrapped you, Aaron Nola. You're welcome. Yeah, Brian, we'll say thank you for that. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to discuss. We got a lot to get into. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We preview these games. Week nine upon us. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. But their starting quarterback isn't. Oof. Out four that, to six weeks is Quinn Ewers. Did you hear? Did you see Steve Sarkeesian's comments today that he is not getting Malik Murphy the nod yet? He said him and Arch are going to battle it out to see who starts this weekend. Well, I think that's justified. I, I even almost tweeted it out that uh, it's, Arch it's tough. He is They're, not ready. He's probably not. They're playing BYU in Kansas State, which should be beatable opponents, but are total absolute trap games. They're total games that if you're underprepared and a guy plays like crap at, the, at quarterback, you might end up losing those games. But if he looks ready in practice, get him the reps. You don't lose the red shirt if he plays those two games. Just throw. I would at least well, throw him out, out there for some series. Games. He could be out for four games. Still, you don't lose the red shirt. I would, I would get him in the mix in some series. I think. I think well, that that he, should be the goal. Well, if he's playing in four games, Joe, that normally means that he's doing pretty well and they're winning. And at that point, does Quinn Ewers get his job back? Well, they're Look, not. I, I don't. They're think playing they're a not. weak stretch of their schedule. I, I don't think they couldn't. Kansas Ewers State is, can beat him with Avery with their new resurgence. Kansas State can beat them with Avery Johnson. Well, what I'm saying though is that if. If Arch or Malik Murphy take over, I don't I don't think that Quinn Ewers is in jeopardy of losing his job. Tom Brady says hi. They're, they're, none of those guys are Tom Brady. <laughs> no, but everybody's making Arch Manning the next Peyton. So if he is That's true. I mean, if you want everybody's talking about the number one overall player in the country, uh there's your shit. He ain't ready. I, I, I don't think he's ready. I think you might I don't be think he's something. ready either. Florida and Georgia. 
This weekend, the largest cocktail party down in Jacksonville, Georgia. The two-time reigning defending national champions take on the Florida Gators, who, Joe, I will be first to admit where I'm wrong. I did not think this team would be as good as they were. I do like Austin Armstrong. I, we've talked about this, and I think the connection's already been made. I, I, I like Austin a lot, known him for a long time. I think he's a bright, bright defensive guy. I think that's why he got hired at Alabama, and then Billy Napier's not a dummy. He says, look, this is an emerging star, and he's a linebacker's coach. We can make him our coordinator. And then he goes over to Florida. But, Joe, I, I got to admit something. And I got to ask you this question. I told you I was going to give you a blind resume quarterback test. Name which quarterback is which. One is completing 76% of his passes, 1,897 yards, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. Now you're Googling. I can see you typing. Nope. I literally can see you typing. My hands are up. I the Google other anything. quarterback, quarterback number two, 74% completion percentage, 2,147 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. Which quarterback is which? Carson Beck's the second one. Shit. How did well, you, know? you you well no, you set it up too much. You said that the, the it was going to be shocking the the one that I thought that Carson Beck wasn't going to be him. No, I I mean it it doesn't surprise me. He had a, a couple of shaky I wouldn't say games, he had a couple of shaky series early but on in the season. He's still completing 74% of his passes. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean it's not like he's been bad. He's in top 10 in passing yards. He's got 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. But I got to come on here and say this. The only way for me mm. that Georgia can go can get beat in this game, Graham Mertz has to go off like he's done a couple of times this year, and which he has. He has multiple games of 350 yards plus. He had a 400-yard game. He looked, He's the only reason that they were in the game versus Utah. I don't think that that matters because when I look at this game, I do think because it's a rivalry game, unexplained X's and O's will make this game close early. Okay? Just how rivalry games work, man. Yeah. Both teams are, are excited, juiced up. No matter, it, it can be close. I, I think, you know, if Florida has a good 15 plays scripted up, maybe they can go down there and score in the opening drive. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Because the best thing, I don't want to say the best thing, but in a way, the Brock Bowers news, to me, gets Kirby to this offense and says, we got to dial in to the defense. We got to dial in. Brock isn't here anymore. I think they go out to Jacksonville this weekend. I think that they dominate, and everybody's like, oh, oh, shit, here comes Georgia. I don't, I don't want to say that there's no chance that Florida can win this game. I, I, I don't want to go there. Because yeah. I do think that they have good personnel defensively that can't, and, and Armstrong sends enough pressure at Carson Beck that maybe he can get to him early. Who knows how that works out? I just cannot envision Georgia losing this one. I, I, I can't see it. I, I don't know where, I don't, Joe, I don't know anything that Florida does good enough offensively that Georgia can't stop. They're not going to run the ball against Georgia that effectively to win. I just can't see that. Well, look, here's the, Here's the reality of it. Yes, Georgia is hitting their stride. They're without Brock Bowers, but they're starting to hit that stride that we saw them flip the switch last year, and they just bullied their way through the rest of their schedule. They had a couple duds at the beginning of the season, and they just exploded, dominating defensively everybody that they played. 
offense showed up when they needed them to. But the one thing to your point, I think Auburn has illustrated to us that there is a possible formula to keep this game close. And if you keep a game close in the SEC, there's ways to pull out of it. I would actually be a little bit more specific than what you said about Graham Mertz. Yes, his performance is very important for their success. The rushing game has to has to be on point. Montreal, um, Johnson. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne need to have really good games. But what we saw Peyton Thorne do, who's not exactly the most exhilarating rusher, he was an extension of the running game because it was unexpected. And Graham Mertz, we know, is a deceptively good athlete. They need to look at what Auburn did with Peyton Thorne and get Georgia to sell out to stop the run with either of those backs and then have a complete misdirection with Graham Mertz from time to time on these drives. That stuff, for whatever reason, Georgia struggled to stop. You don't think I, Kirby's been banging that home for two weeks that he's coming off I, a I, week? I bet he has, and I know that Kirby is smart enough to be prepared for that, but that's literally the only thing. That's my Here's my pull point here. That's literally the only thing that Florida can have that will help them keep yeah. this game close. Graham Mertz has got to be Superman. And, and look, yeah. Joe, I know that you crapped on him more than I did. You did not like Graham Mertz. I was kind of a little bit more lenient on the on the guy because, I mean, look, I thought Wisconsin was a dumpster fire offensively. He's just very mid. You know, he doesn't do anything exciting. I don't think he's, I don't think he's mid anymore. I think he's above average. You can't have multiple games, Joe. And again, look, we're talking about power five opponents. Okay, power yeah. five opponents. He's thrown for over 350 yards. Mid-quarterbacks don't do that. Mid-quarterbacks, Joe Milton is a mid. Right, like you would say, Joe Milton is a mid-average quarterback. I think Graham Mertz has played above that. I think he's been better than that. And I see Elks's comment, and and, and it's a point that I actually wrote down and wanted to bring up. Everybody keeps saying, "Well, all you know, without Brock Bowers, they would have lost to Auburn." Okay, oh, oh, oh you're not wrong. I, I don't disagree with that. But I'm going to use Elks's analogy. With that, with eleven people on the field, are you sure Ohio State wins? against Notre Dame on the road. Good teams, Joe. You said on Sunday, find ways to win. Now, right. that, I know that I could say that because Elks knows I'm not, like, taking a shot at him. So that way I'm not in the comments. But I do agree with him. There is a flip side of that coin. Florida is a better team. So to, to Elks' point, Florida is a better team than Auburn is. And if Auburn can have success offensively, that chaotic of, of an offense, we saw LSU's defense stop Auburn. Okay, so it's not like there's been a, you know, teams that defensively have been really bad have also stopped Auburn. Yeah, I just think that Kirby starts getting this thing rolling and I think that they get the running game going early. They start pounding the rock on Florida and eventually they're going to lean on them. I I think that this game could be 34-21 somewhere around there. That's where I lean. That's where I'm. Yeah, I. I don't mean to deliberately make this conversation less about Georgia, but I, I mean, to your point about Auburn and Florida, Florida's roster is better, but I think that Auburn's better coached. So no, to I the agree point, with that. I agree to, with that. To what you're talking about there. Well, specifically were, offensively. Yes. That game was close mm-hmm. because Hugh Freeze is a really good offensive coach. We, you know, we can be critical if we want. Auburn fans are already saying the honeymoon phase is over, which is absolutely hilarious that that's the reaction to the first season with a bad roster but I think as you're saying here 
what we saw against Kentucky is how this game is going to play out. It is going to be a boat race. It is going to be a blowout. I wouldn't be shocked that maybe this game's a little close in the first quarter. They're feeling each other out. <laughs> and then we see a big rushing play break off. We see uh, a big passing play. The thing that does scare me, though, is the fact that no wide receiver on Georgia's offense has over 400 receiving yards. And we're there's six, seven games into the season or so. Wait, you said Florida? Georgia. Oh, I thought you said Florida. I was like, Ricky Nobody... says hello. The White Hope. He's the new Lad McConkey. Hey, we could have a white boy wide receiver battle. Lad McConkey versus versus Ricky Pearsall. It they need McConkey back. I don't know how like physically what his situation is. I know that he's he's been returning to the lineup, but being banged up is being banged up, and it's tough to play the receiver position banged up. What I'm getting at here, though, is that they got to use this game as that opportunity to start to find that rhythm as, as a passing team because they haven't done it all season. And without Brock Bowers, you're going to need to figure out how to do that for the next few weeks. The problem that I – the problem, and you brought this up pre-show, that I, I thought was probably one of your best comments that you've had in the last two weeks. If Kentucky can run the ball like that it, – it, it was your best comments. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, not my predictions for the you said Utah Kentucky. game, the Penn State, Ohio State. Game. I'm just sorry. Meaning, you can't use your picks. You can't use your picks when you're losing. You talked about how Kentucky ran the ball on Florida. Mm -hmm. What in the good, 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 gracious alive do you think that Georgia can and has the potential to do? That I think that that's my whole point. The the only thing more than them offensively, okay, Florida. I, I I'm at now. Let's talk about Florida a little bit. Florida to me, I, I just don't know if they have the dudes defensively. Like mm. I, I don't. I just I I don't know if they have the guys. I don't know if they have the dudes. I know that they have a pretty decent, pretty good front seven. They've shown that they can be good. I mean the. I mean, Kentucky game, they didn't really show anything. I, I just, Joe, I look at this one and just don't envision anything other than a, a 34 to 21 win. I, I just keep, I can't stop seeing 34 21 in my head. Yeah. Princely Uman Mielin is probably their best defensive player. And 10 times fast, Hocus Pocus is coming. I, I had to do so much research to figure out how to pronounce his name right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did do the due diligence to figure out how to pronounce it. But Umami Ellen, fine football player, um, probably will get drafted in this upcoming draft. But the rest of the grouping, it's, it's relatively uninspiring. It's a group that's still trying to really solidify its identity. As you've talked about, we get games where they feel dominant like the way that they played against Tennessee and then they get completely dog walked like they played against Kentucky. I, I just think that lack of consistency is noticeable for this Florida defense. And it's just another reason why you're going up against the best team in the country and why you're just another speed bump on their way for them reaching the finish. To get line. the three P. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I do want to mention Okay, that had, we went overlooked because Florida played South Carolina. I know South Carolina is really bad. Okay, but stay with me. Mm -hmm. Billy had not won a game on the road at Florida, and he changed everything up. He goes, "I'm I'm changing everything up. I'm telling we're making sure that guys are in their rooms, locked in. We got to change things up." And I do think 
anytime a team goes on the road and they haven't gotten over the hump of winning and then you change things up and they do, maybe Billy has found a little something, okay? Maybe he this team isn't as bad as we thought. But again, Graham Mertz has been to me, and I'm just being honest, the surprise that nobody's talking about because for what it was, Joe, when he went to Florida, what did we all say? He's horrible. He's not any good. And I got – look, I, I think that he, quite frankly, and I, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but this is what I talk about with God. Please stay with me. Don't yell at me. Guys like Stetson Bennett who are good college quarterbacks, right? Just good college quarterbacks, whatever. But better prospects, Anthony Richardson – Graham Mertz is kicking his ass when it comes to what he's done for this team so far statistically. My okay, what I'm talking about earlier, and I'm I'm calling him mid, and my reasoning for that. And there's other guys that I'd put in that category that are maybe slightly ahead of him that would cause some controversy and has caused some disagreement on this program. I, I think that with with Graham Mertz, the difference between you bring up a guy like Stetson Bennett, I at least can give credit to Stetson Bennett for when he needs to step up and make plays when other parts of the offense aren't working, he was able to step up and do that. My problem with Graham Mertz is that he is a physically gifted guy and he is a capable quarterback. He was a four-star recruit. He is a fine football player. and he's he a five-star recruit? I think he was a really high four-star. He was like one of the highest Wisconsin quarterbacks ever, ever signed. He is one of those guys, kind of like Tyler Van Dyke, when everything goes according to plan, he'll play a really good football game. But when things aren't spelled out in front of him, he plays like shit. And that's what happened against Kentucky. It, and it, 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 he is not somebody who on a week-to-week basis I can count on being a factor in leading your team to a victory. And this is going to be another one of those games where we see him. He's going to struggle. He's going to struggle in this game. There are so many monsters yeah. on that defense for Georgia. And you know what? That conversation that we're having about him right now is probably going to be solved pretty quickly. And I'm sure he's going to have good games the rest of the year. I just don't see a guy that ascends when asked to and put up to the task of playing at an elite level. He just hasn't done I didn't, it yet. But I didn't. But see, here's the problem with what you're saying. You're you went from saying that talking about elite level to he's being mid. Nobody's saying that he's okay. at that elite level. But Sorry, here's, elite. Here's okay. what I do know. Here's what I do know. South Carolina, who offensively has been horrendous. That Florida team gave up 39 points. And why? And it's a lot of reasons of why I think Georgia's going to go in there and smack that ass yeah. a little bit. But here's what I know. Graham Mertz in Florida was down in that game, right? And I look at what Graham Mertz did against South Carolina. Joe, he went, here it is, um, 30 of 48, 423 yards in the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also... It doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Had six rushes for negative seven yards. Four of those rushes, he got outside of the pocket and scrambled. If you need him to throw, you can go back to Utah. Okay, he's bailed his team out twice. Meaning one of them in a loss against Utah. I think he still bailed them out from look. He gave them a shot in the third and fourth quarter. And he had, I I saw this stat today when I was doing, when I had, Zach, pull up some stats. Did you know that they're like second in the country in drop passes? Meaning Florida is in Florida. I, I, they would so believe not that, only yeah. Joe is he throwing for seventy six percent completion percentage. 
he probably could be at 80% if his team wasn't second in the country in drops. You got there's something to be said about a guy who, with an adjusted adjusted rate, is damn near an 80% completion percentage guy when he's got damn near 250 passes on the season. That is impressive. Regardless if you like him or not, that is impressive. Yeah, it's statistically impressive, but when I watch him play, it's uninspired. I, it hey, wait, 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 wait. Here's, here's a really good example. When okay. they won against Tennessee, what was the reason for them winning? It was Trevor Etienne. It was the run game. They exploded. They dominated. Their offense was because of the run game. And if oh, he did anything and? statistically, it was because that was opened up for him by the run game. I just don't. Joe, I'm they saying he's average. They threw the ball I'm not three saying he's times. Bad. They threw the ball three times in the second half. Billy Napier, too. Billy Napier, or maybe I think it was five, three or five. Billy Napier came out in his post-game press conference and said, Yeah, I probably got a little too conservative. You think, Billy? Now, Would you agree that that was that was Florida's best win of the season? That was the best game that they've played all year? No. Well, offensively or just as a team? As a team. That's as the best team, game that they've played. As a team? Their best game yeah, came down yeah. to him not being an important part of the offense. I still believe no, because I, I can't I can't do that when he went off against South Carolina the way he did and won this team the game. I've seen I saw Anthony Richardson in that same position a year ago and he didn't make enough plays to win it. By the Remember, way, you played like Mr. twenty Boy, more games than Anthony he has. Richardson. Stop. He's hurt. Anthony Richardson is going to be rookie of the year. I said no, he's not. I should have heard. He's always hurt. He was hurt late, two years ago. It's why they – you remember Emory Jones? Emory Jones stinks. He does stink. All right. Uh, one final thing. Yeah. Joe, if – don't quote me on this. I saw Barrett Salih, I think is his name. If Georgia does what they do defensively, it will be the first time – Saban has not even done this – 52 straight playing weeks of being a top five defense. Georgia, you're saying. Georgia. Of playing. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. Utah and um, – why did I almost say USC? Oregon teed up this weekend. Utah clearly coming off a really good win against USC. Oregon bouncing back after that Washington loss. Bo Nix doing some Bo Nix type of things. They responded. Joe, I'm going to kick this one over to you first. I, I don't, I, I just don't know if I continue to trust Utah, even though I keep picking against them. They keep freaking winning. That I think is the best way to phrase this. That I really think is the best way to phrase this because Oregon, without a doubt, is one of the best teams in the country in terms of how well rounded they've been, how dominant they've looked in some of their games. The way that they pulled away against Washington State, and I know that Washington State's struggling, that's oh, still a quality God. football team. It's still a quality team that they pulled away from and dominated in the second half. They're running the ball really well with Bucky Irving. They're throwing the ball really well and starting to feel that out, and their defense has been one of the best in the country. Jordan Birch looks fantastic. The secondary is kind of still getting a feel for things, but that team is incredibly well-rounded, 
And if it wasn't for that loss to Washington, we would absolutely be talking about them in that top three, top four discussion. But where I have pause, and I said this in the open, Utah has one of the best current active winning streaks at home. For whatever reason, that stadium. It's, it's spooky. To, it's spooky. And it's not even a big stadium. Oh, I agree. It, for whatever reason, forces teams just to play down to the stupidest level possible. And nobody can figure out a way to bypass that. Now, I still think that Oregon wins, but I think this game is going to be like a three-point three game. I think it's going to be really freaking close for that exact reason that it is impossible to win at home or to beat Utah when they're at home. You pretty much took my take, okay, of why I think it, it, I, I can't explain what they do to teams while they're at home. I, maybe it's the elevation. Maybe teams aren't used to playing at that high of elevation. It gets to them. I do not know. Here's what I do know, though. I'm still not buying Utah offensively. Cam Rising, it was announced, is not going to be on the. He's not going to play this year, so they're going to have to go with Bryson Barnes mainly. USC is a horrible defensive team. I'm tired of talking about USC. If you want to listen to me and Joe's segment about that, go listen to it on, on last night's show. But I think Oregon is going to suffocate them defensively. Mm -hmm. Oregon is going to suck the life out of them. Pause. And it's not going to be pretty. I do think, okay, I'm with you. I think this game is closer than maybe some people would believe. Just normal casual saying, yeah, Oregon's going to beat Utah pretty handily. I do think it's a 10-14, 17-point game. But I feel like it's going to be more dominant than that. I think it's going to be more uh, – like you look up at the end of the game, you're like, damn, they only beat them. But kind of like Ohio State and Penn State, right? Like you just felt like yeah. the whole game. yeah. Even though they only won, they only scored 20 points, you're like, man, Ohio State's going to eventually break through and this is ball game. Penn State just can't score a touchdown. I think it's going to feel a lot like that. And I think that Oregon, off, Joe, they're still 100th in the country in total offense. They don't, they're not good offensively. Now, they have an amazing play caller, and I'll give Andy Ludwig that. I think he's working with some really bad offensive pieces at quarterback. One can run really well and can't throw. The other one is a, a decent thrower, but he can be a statue. And still, USC gave up a 20-yard run to him uh, for them to kick the field goal to win it. The pig I, farmer. I, I just think that Oregon is vastly the better team here. But I don't think they're the better coach team. I think Kyle Winningham is by far the best coach oh, yeah. in the Pac-12 right now, okay, yeah. because of his resume. If Utah does have a chance of winning this, it's because Dan Lanning makes some more boneheaded decisions like he's been doing. Joe, he made a couple last week. I'm like, what are you doing? Regardless, I do think that, that you know, Kyle Whittingham and that stadium, it, it, it's like – you better might as well call them Georgia or Bama because they just they don't lose to anybody. I think Oregon by fourteen. I, I see. I see. Really? It. Yeah. Wow. I, see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the line is, but I think that this is less than a seven point football game. This this might be one of those games where, like you're talking about, it's not going to be a game where you really necessarily feel like. <sighs> 
it was close. It's going to be really low scoring. It's probably going to come down to like a, a fourth and medium stop for Utah on their final drive. And then Oregon is just going to run the clock out. Maybe Oregon's get a, a kind of start off fast, though, dude. Like yeah. to your point where I think what you're trying to Oregon's got to get on the board quickly. Like, even if like what Dan Lanning did against Washington, Joe, and, and was going forward on fourth down, they yeah. got to kick the field goals. You just got to go down there. You got to stop dicking around. Yeah, you got to stop dicking around. If you're going to get points on this defense, you got to go. For, you got to get them, right? Like, you, if, if Joe, if they score 13 points in the first quarter, that is a massive win. A massive win. You gonna got to go get points on every possession, regardless of what it looks like. And yeah, and if they do that, they're gonna win because Utah can't match up with them blow for blow, stride for stride. They cannot do it. Right. That's where this all comes down to. For Oregon to win this game by multiple scores and for it to feel comfortable, it requires Oregon to pick up a ton of splash plays to have a, a you know a couple long scores to build up a lead that Utah can't climb back into. But the reality of it, though, is that they're going up against a defense that just does not allow big plays. The most susceptible to them that we've seen them so far this year was against USC. And USC has far more athletes than Oregon does. Oregon's been the more cohesive not unit. Defensively. No, no, no. I'm saying that USC's offense has uh, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. those weapons that they have. But my whole point, I think, that is also worth acknowledging who has Oregon been tested by defensively? They have not come anywhere close to facing a defense this good. Uh, Oregon, Jonah Oregon State. Oh, no, no, you said Oregon. My bad. I'm sorry. Oregon. Yeah, Jonah Ellis, Cole Bishop, that group has been smothering opposing teams. Do you know Jonah Ellis is, is I believe, the, the leader in sacks in the country right now? He's a yeah. monster. And he has, like, more pressures than, like, the other top five Dudes combined or something like that. It's just something yeah. crazy, right? Joe, I don't I, I don't think it matters. I I mean, again, I've also seen Utah, by the way, face a UCLA team and only score us a touchdown. Are we gonna come out? Are you really gonna come out here and tell me that Oregon does not have that potential to lock them down offensively? Because then I look at Utah, okay, again, uh, against Oregon State, they only score seven. Okay, Baylor, oh, Baylor, all right, they score 20, but they you get to a kind of a point where, Joe, the best defense that Utah maybe has seen is in Oregon. So, no, I mean, I would argue that UCLA's defense and Oregon State's defense aren't that far off from Oregon's. I just think Oregon's got more green grass athletes. They do. Here, they here's, a here's a take I have, for, uh, a thought here. If Utah can score a special teams or a defensive touchdown, they can win they the football win. game. Yeah, I, I if if it gets like that, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That's not a bad point, but they're not going to. <laughs> you never know, well, dude. One stupid mistake by Dan Lanning or Bo and Utah, and Utah wins the football game. That's yeah. how you got to win, and they, they are the perfectly chaotic team, just spelled out by their home winning streak. They're the perfectly chaotic team. To pull out a victory like that, but I Barstool, agree with you. Barstool's in the building. How about that? I was I was thinking the same thing. I was like, who did? <laughs> Knock at, off one Dave know, at one bite, everybody knows the rules. Hey, my man tried to come down to Baton Rouge and you know make peace. No one wanted. To, no one wanted to acknowledge him. No, they were mad about the Andrew Reese thing. You ready to get to these top tens? 
Yep. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Talk about good friends over home full apparel. Me and Joe argue and yell at each other incoherently for the next 20 minutes after we talk about good friends over at home field. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by home field apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Our top 10. You want to go first? You want me to go first? How you want how do you want to do this? I'll go first. I'm not scared. All right, let's let's pull let's pull mine up here. My number one team, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Florida State, number four, Ohio State. I I'm trying to remember where I had them last week. I believe I pushed them up after their victory over Penn State. It was very impressive. Number five, Washington. A lot of people are pissed at me for that. Number six, especially you, Blake. Number six, Oklahoma. Number seven, Oregon. Number eight, Texas. Number nine, Penn State. And number 10, Utah. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read mine because I'm about to attack you on yours. All right. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Florida State. Number four, Ohio State. So, Joe, we'll probably get to this, but I was really close at flipping three and four. I watched Florida State and Duke. And Duke ran all over him when uh, Riley Linder was in there. I think it's the discussion throughout the season that we need to have. Oklahoma at number five, Texas at number six, Alabama at number seven, Washington, where they're rightly placed at number eight, number nine, Oregon, number 10, Penn State. Let's get this Washington thing out of the way. Let's try not to yell and let's just get it over with. Joe, they didn't score an offensive touchdown last week. They did not score an offensive touchdown last week. And you know, let me tell you how bad Arizona State is. You ready? Kyle Dillingham at the end of the game. Did you see that viral clip on Twitter? Kyle Dillingham literally in his post-game press conference was begging for people at Arizona State. He said, if you're six foot, 350 pounds, and you think that you can block on field goal and extra point, please come try out. That's how they're scared of kicking the football. Okay. Okay. They are a horrible team without Jaden Rashada. Yeah. Horrible team. Won't argue that. And they could not score defense. They could not score. They got bailed out by their defense. Michael Penix looked like hot ass in the first and second half. He had three first half turnovers. Jane Daniels has never done that in his career. I, I am just saying, you had, I don't care that it's Washington. I swear. On everything in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. If a team cannot in the top ten cannot score offensively, Joe Utah had a better performance last week than they did. Utah, you cannot have games like that against arguably the worst team in the Pac-12. 
You, it can't happen. Good teams are allowed to have bad games. I'm not sitting bad, here saying not I'm bad. not I'm not sitting here saying that Washington is a top two, top three team. A lot of people were going as far as to say that they're the number one team in the country after they beat Oregon. I thought that that was a little too rich for my blood. I think that it was an and this is something that is is a very big misconception with football that people that didn't play in college don't understand. When you play a close game against a big rival right like that, it is such a rival. Oregon is a pretty big rival for them. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Arizona State. Continue. When you play a game like they did against Oregon, it is such an emotional dump after that game to barely win when you shouldn't have that they show up against Arizona State completely looking past them and they played like shit. Yes, that is a bad performance. Their floor is really bad. But their ceiling to me has been displayed consistently enough against Oregon, against all the bad teams that they started the season against. They can still be one of the most offensively dominant teams in the country. They played a singular bad game. Other teams in the history of college football have had bad games to start their years. I mean, last year we had with Georgia when they played against Kent State. Yeah, but Georgia was never on the pinnacle of people comparing them to 2019 LSU offensively, though, Joe. Okay, but I didn't, and we're talking about where I ranked them. So I didn't rank them in the top top two like some people did. you said that they were a top three offense, and top three offenses don't do that. They are also dealing with injuries – and that so is something that has not been talked about. With injuries. Their second best wide receiver, who is going to be a top 50 NFL draft pick, was unavailable for this game. And they have other injuries on their roster. That has been completely overlooked. Everyone just wants to dunk on them because they think they've been unjustly propped up. They're still a very good football team. They're good enough to be the number five best team. And I think that their win over Oregon is one of the most impressive wins this entire season. And they can get through the rest of their schedule and win out. They, they can't they can beat Bama. Bama does Bama so has a very good started. secondary. Wait, wait, wait. Bama has a very I just let me get this point in. Bama has a very good secondary. I will concede that, but they don't have the bodies. They do not have the guys to keep up with all three of those receivers if they're healthy and on the field. They don't. And they don't have the offense that if Washington scores two touchdowns, I will even get back and I will concede that because Bama plays LSU in, in, in two weeks, so we're about to find out. Okay, like so, we're okay. legitimately about to find out. However, you just you can't do that. You you can't be that bad offensively and, and me not drop you. When okay when you okay. when you don't show up, okay. And Joe, here's another thing. Okay, whoa, they played Oregon. They played Oregon, and then they came back flat the next week. Joe, ain't, Alabama went on the road two straight weeks, played A&M in a highly contested match. Jimbo Fisher, what some believe was his job on the line, some people believe that, against Alabama, they wind up winning that game. They turn right around their biggest rival not named Auburn in Tennessee and beat them. Don't. Bama has been faced with that exact same thing. This is again where you and I disagree. let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Would you rather face Oregon and Arizona State, or would you rather face AM and then Tennessee? 
obviously, actually, I'd rather face AM than Tennessee. O- Oregon is a much is such so much bigger of a threat to, to play true, against true, compared to Arizona, either of those teams. You no, know, Arizona State might be the Colorado of a year ago. In the they are dead the, last in every statistical category, damn near. It are trap games just like not a thing? Like in, in the history of college football, not teams against bad teams. Pl- Joe, what if it last year? Let me, let, me throw this, let me throw this your way. What if last year Colorado would have given a dogfight to USC? They they didn't. Oh, I'm saying what if? What if but they you, would have? USC Arizona leading up to that State point didn't have any challenges when they played. So Arizona Colorado. State is one of the worst teams in the country. They could be potentially the worst team in Power Five right now. Without Rashada, they can't. They they are there. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that they're worst in power. Then who's five. the worst team in the Power Five? Uh, Nevada. Nevada just won. Nevada's Nevada. not in Power Five. Oh, in the Power Five. I thought you said in in FBS. I don't know why. Power Five. Name the worst team in the Power Five, not named Arizona State. Northwestern. Conceded. Okay, I w- <laughs> Good pull. Vanderbilt stinks too. I don't think Van- Vanderbilt's not worse. Vanderbilt is not worse than Arizona State. You know how I know? How? With a backup quarterback and AJ Swan, or was it Swan or was it Spears? In, in Spears, they were for three quarters against Missouri, a seven and one football team. They were keeping up with them. Vandy can actually score. Vandy actually has a pulse. Okay. 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 Fair. So, so I look at that and say, yeah, you got to play a very tough team in Oregon, conceded, followed by arguably a top five, one of the top five least. Uh, how do I? How am I trying to word this, Joe? A top five worst Power Five team in the country. You know for sure in that matchup, you're going to get one game. I just don't think it's totally fair when they have shown us what their ceiling is. <sighs> It's my problem is, and what I'm getting at here, and why I don't like Alabama, and why I'm not willing to put them in the top ten, is that I have seen Alabama's ceiling. Alabama's ceiling is the Tennessee game, and I have argued with with you on this the entire year. I don't think Tennessee and Old Miss are as good as that they have been ranked where they've been placed. Well, They're back end okay. of the top twenty five quality teams, and that's the furthest that they should be ranked. Let me let me counter this point. Alabama lost at home against Texas. Okay? Yeah. That loss is better than the Washington win over Arizona State. I don't disagree with that. And I will concede that Alabama's floor is higher than Washington's floor. But the ceiling for Washington when everybody's back on the field and they're back into their rhythm is so much higher than what Alabama can do. Alabama is a defense with an offense that's ready to implode. Yes, they have had a string of good games. Yes, they have. But I am still extremely wary, as I said on yesterday's show, that eventually the offensive line stuff is going to catch up to them in an important game, and I think that the LSU game is going to be one of them. (laughs) Right. I hope it is. Uh Uh-oh. What? Oh, I I thought you were. I thought you. No, I'm, I, I'm. 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 I. I. I just. I have to move them back. That doesn't mean that I don't think they're a good team. 
I, I, I can't. I, Joe, I walked away from it flabbergasted. That's a good white person word for you. Flabbergasted. All right. I, there's no way to me that you, I, I just had to. All right. I got to pick on you about one thing. You ready? Utah. Utah. Joe, again, if this, if our top 10, if the core of it is who are the best top teams, mm -hmm. I don't think Utah can beat LSU. I don't think Utah can beat Ole Miss. I don't think Utah can beat Bama. Now let's go to the Big Ten. I don't think Utah can beat. I'm going to be careful here. I, I would, I really question. I really do question some teams in the Big Ten. Can Utah actually beat them? Okay, I completely disagree with, with that. All right, let me go to another conference. Okay. I think UNC can beat them. I think Miami can beat them. I think Clemson gives them one hell of a game. I would say that that's mutual. Okay, okay. I really do believe that. Okay. On a neutral field, I think that there's five, maybe, maybe five teams in the ACC that beat them. I think there's five teams in the SEC to beat him. And quite honestly, I don't know if, you know, Utah has a pretty tough stretch coming up here. This starts it all in Oregon. I don't know if they don't come away with two losses in this stretch. Well, here's my thing with Utah. We've been saying this on a week-to-week -week basis. How many times have we counted out Utah? How many times have we talked about Utah and saying their offense is terrible and they somehow still find a way to win a football game? I don't think that there are very many teams so far this year that have shown me a more impressive resume than what they've put together. But the eye test is telling you. The eye the test eye tells test. me that they have a, a, an elite defense. And I, I, I look, I get that they have offensively struggled. But they have also faced some difficult defensive matchups throughout this stretch. Oregon State's defense isn't that bad. Um, UCLA's defense isn't that bad. They have been butchered offensively. And I don't think that their offense is as bad as those statistics tell us. I think that they can be a little bit better than what we've seen in the early stretch of the season. If Bryson Barnes can play three quarters of the way that he did against USC, that team is a lot better than they are on paper. I can't go there because I just I, I think they're better teams than them. I think they keep I, winning. But so does Bama. Against against better competition, whether you like just, it or not. They're just so lopsided. I don't think it's it that does, much better of competition, though. No, it doesn't matter. You you know what? They're lopsided. Your buddy Sean uh Sean Anderson said something. I was listening to your show today. Mm -hmm. Don't tell him I said it. And, yes, I actually do listen to you. Sean said something so profound that I he, he said the point that I was trying to make yesterday. Remember when I was like, I believe that we have been enamored by so much offense. And he was talking about how even in the uh -oh. NFL, offense is down, right? Yeah. Okay. Joe, we're not enamored by what Bama's doing defensively because we're so worried about what they're doing offensively. Have, were they bad to start the year? Okay, yeah, but teams are allowed to get better. And what I just saw from Tennessee, and quite honestly, A&M, everybody's talking about Milro, Milro, Milro. 
Milrow only had 50 yards of rushing against AM and still found ways to win. And AM blows Arizona State out of the water. Blows them out of the water. And you know that. Okay? Teams in the Pac-12, it's not, it's not, it's not the same. Everybody wants to throw the Arkansas thing at me. Arkansas, for what it's worth to me, mm-hmm. is still a more physical and better team than some teams that they're going to face. I, I think that you're heavily discounting the quality of an opponent that Oregon State and UCLA are. I personally, UCLA, I personally think that UCLA, UCLA, I and I, they still kept that game extremely close. I think that UCLA and Oregon State are better than Tennessee and Ole Miss. I think that both of those teams, as I've said continuously, and we're never going to agree on this as we're coming to the close on the show here, they have been propped up because they're SEC teams, but they're not as good as they've been in the past. I will agree offensively they're not, but you know what I've also seen my entire life? Saban have subpar offenses or below average offenses, and defensively they're good, and nobody stops them. Because one thing that nobody predicted preseason was that that front seven for Alabama would actually be worth a damn, and they are. Okay? What they're doing, Braswell, what those dudes are doing up front, Malachi Moore, Downs in the back end, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Arnold, if he comes back healthy to some extent. Joe, all around, they don't have a flaw defensively when it comes to personnel. There's not one they guy who can go out there and attack. So when I look at it, I guess I'm looking at head coach, I'm looking at personnel. I know what I'm getting from them offensively, and quite honestly, I'm just saying I don't care because I know defensively they can clamp down on you. I just saw it twice in back-to-back weeks. If they lose to LSU, I'm done talking about them. All right, that's fine, and I will be too. But I just, I, I don't think you can discount them the way that you do. All right, not, well, well, they'd be number eleven. I don't think there's a discounting happening here. I'm not saying that they're unrankable. That's where the mis- the miscommunication is here. They're number eleven. It's a perfect place to put them. You've had them at number eleven for three weeks. At some point, you got to move them up. You can't just move nope. people above them. Yeah, I can. All right, whatever. Episode eight hundred on AYS, my friend. I saw that. Congrats. Thanks. We will see you all over there. We will see you guys again Wednesday. It's going to be another banger. We'll see you all then. Y'all have a good night. Joe was amazing as always. Don't tell him I said it. Thank Peace. You.